millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week... The Commonwealth Youth Games come to a close in Samoa and Vanuatu and Fiji's cricket teams come up short. But first, the Rugby World Cup is just days away from kick-off. Fiji is up first against hosts England at Twickenham on Saturday morning. Flying Fijians captain Akapusi Ngera says they're looking forward to getting started. The mentality for every sport is uh, to try and win every game as possible and uh, for us as a, as a group, as a Flying Fijians moving forward, uh, that's the mentality that we want to take to as well and uh, looking forward to the big challenge that is ahead of us. I spoke with former Fiji skipper Deacon Manu about the side's chances and recent development. Last four years more developed both physically and mentally from that uh, tournament. Um, and probably one of the things that really stood out was, in my opinion, I think that the coaching staff there is one of the best coaching staffs um, actually in the World Cup, definitely in the uh, Tier 2 nations um, and certainly challenge um, a lot of the, the Tier 1 nations as well. John's been great for the guy and he's organised a fantastic team around him. France is there from South Africa. Um, the Blue Bulls, um, Tambay Matson, uh, Moses Raluni as well there. You can just sort of see in the way the guys are playing, the, the understanding. It's certainly picked up um, a level, level or two. The Nations Cup went very well. They won the tournament, beating a good Samoan team and then a comprehensive result there against Canada following their uh, camp in, uh, on home soil before they left. Can you read a lot into those performances? Uh, obviously, just out from the World Cup, a lot of teams are sort of maybe holding back or they haven't got a full-strength team out or they're trying things out. How much inclination can uh, people watching on get from those performances as to how Fiji might go at the World Cup? A week or two weeks in, uh, in professional sports are a very long time, um, but I certainly wouldn't um, underrate those performances that they had. They were grown in confidence, beating Samar a couple of times, winning that Pacific Nations Cup away, um, and some of the style and, and play that they had. I think they'll take a um, huge um, amount of confidence from that. Um, you know, they've got a, a good set-piece coach to challenge a Tier 1 team. You've got to have that. Um, you know, there's a few guys that will, will need to keep stepping up, and that's that's what World Cups are about, really. Testing the ability of the team and as an individual, really looking forward to that, uh, that opening game um, against England. Certainly being thrown into the deep end, I guess the one thing about being in the so-called pool of death is, you know, you're going to have to be up for all of those games. It's... It's England, it's Wales, it's Australia. So, you know, if there's any time to get a team lifted and ready to perform, I mean, this would be it. Oh, definitely. Um, it's a great mindset that they've gone into that pool. And I've called it the pool of opportunity. And there's an opportunity to take teams on. The big guns and the, you know, you've got uh, four teams there in the top ten in the world. Um, so, you know, the, the challenges are there. In terms of the preparation from last World Cup, um, where the, the players were at, I think they've gone to that, that next level, um, which was needed after the 2011. And I think these guys have developed really well. Hopefully um, come up with a few surprises um, in the, the tournament. And I guess for the first time since 2003, I'm not trying to be rough to anyone else, but you know they have a genuine world-class international rugby player in Nemanja Nandola. Obviously, 03 it was Rupeni, uh, and these are guys that can win games almost on their own, or they can change the game. He's 
you know, so influential. He, he doesn't just score tries. He doesn't just break tackles. He, he kicks goals. He, he, you know, he leads things from midfield or on the wing. He's, you know, such a devastating and talented player. It's uh, great to have somebody like that in your team. He's uh, pretty level-headed about it all, and, you know, he's been up in that, that Crusaders um, culture as well. So, you know, he's got a massive influence uh, both on and off the field. He's going to be a real big focus for, I guess, the opposition, but I actually uh, didn't have a, a pair of jeans. I had to borrow a pair of his jeans. Um, he had skinny jeans on, and they were absolutely baggy on me. So that was, uh, that was quite frightening. So I'm glad, glad I don't have to line up against him. But he's a quality player, and I'm sure he'll um, turn some uh, heads into the tournament. If you compare it to maybe the team that you led four years ago, do you think the Fijian team this year is is it a better team? Yeah, by far, I think it is a better team. Mentally as well, a lot of um, guys that have been through the last four years playing professionally, so it's four or three years of, of conditioning on their bodies and, and their brains. And I think you know, that's a huge part of the game these days is, is that mental side of things. And I think, you know, the guys are certainly... In, in that right direction, in that right frame of mind. You know, you look at other players, um, Matawalu, who just came off a championship with Glasgow. He, he's had a truly fantastic play. We talk about money and dollar being a game-breaker, um, and so is he. He's game-breakers all over the show, and if he uh, can just compete for the, the first 60 minutes and score a couple of freak tries after that, then any team's um, up for grabs. That's the way they're, they're approaching it, and that's, you know, it's fantastic. That's what, that's what Royal Rugby wants to see. That's what the tournament wants to see, is upsets. That's the former Fiji rugby captain, Deacon Manu. Samoan rugby has come a long way since senior players criticised the SRU and team management for their conduct during the 2011 World Cup. The Union and Players Collective signed an historic agreement last month committing to increased communication and transparency. Former captain Simo Satiti played in three World Cups and believes Manu Samoa could be on the verge of something special this time around a massive chance to make the quarterfinal based on what we have in our pool. South Africa probably is our toughest game but also have Scotland and Japan. Of course we don't, I don't think the boys will underestimate any games but it seems that a chance, good chance to make the quarterfinal. It's been a, a very interesting few years for Samoan rugby but you know in the last sort of 12 months especially with yeah. some of the changes and new management there seems to be a, a, a good vibe around Samoan rugby at the moment. It was good that that was done. Um, administration side uh, in, in Zamora Union, of course, um, the management as well. So um, they've got that uh, done now. So it's, it's up to the boys to perform. And the good thing is that they've got the uh, you know the players to do that. They're all looking forward to representing Zamora. Are things better in that group now than they have been? Yeah, we've been talking about it when comparing in the past what what we went through. And by the sounds of everything now, it's it's going smoothly, even though they're still struggling a bit with financial uh, wise. But they they are keen to help out uh, whatever they can to get the team up to the um, to the quarterfinal and and helping them out while they're there. So sometimes we laugh about it, but we've seen it happen. So hopefully everything goes smoothly from now on. Yeah, and in terms of that financial challenge, I guess it's one for all of the Pacific countries. I guess one way to really, um, you know, force the issue is to perform at the World Cup. And as you say, making the quarterfinals for Samoa, for Tonga, for Fiji would be a real statement for those Pacific teams. Uh, would it be fair to say that missing out on the quarterfinals would be a disappointment or a failure, you know, for Manu this time around? I would say so because it's important, as you mentioned, that the sponsorship will start to come in if we perform well. You know, it's winning games and get the good results. As I said, we got a, a thing, and you know, we got a massive, a big chance to make it to quarterfinal. And plus, 
that we've got good people now in Samoa, you know, they appointed new CEO that is is really good at and and finding sponsorship and you know and all the the hassle was done in the past. So that was one of the things that they're trying to get rid of. So they really so they can concentrate on what's um, happening in the future and helping out the team now on. But if even if we don't make a quarterfinal and if we get a good performance, and that would be enough, I think, to get some more sponsorship. You know, from your time playing for the team and captaining them, what are your memories of Rugby World Cups and, and playing for your country? Oh, I think the best World Cup that I've ever involved with is the one in Australia. The England game, you know, was massive for us. I think one of the games that we were targeting to make the quarterfinal, but we didn't, but we knew that we gave it our best. Not only that, the support of Australian people all around, it was massive. What do you think about the team, Nick? You know, what, what, what excites you about the the playing squad and, and where do you maybe see any, any concerns or weaknesses in, in the team? I think they've got a good balance at the moment with good forwards and, and the good backs that they have. We talked about it before the, the All Blacks game. We've seen some of the weaknesses that, that we talked about was a lot of improvement, improvement in, in, during that game, especially in, in, in the first fives and the nines. And those are, the I think, the main positions that we really need to get it right. Um, of course, we've got Khan there and then Tusi and Patrick Fapale, which is it's a challenge for him to step up. He took some of those guys to the Pacific Nation just to make sure that they feel the competitive side uh, of the international level. He proved it. They made up to the final against Fiji, but didn't win the whole thing. But looking at the whole squad, it's, it's, it's a good balance. That's the former Samoa rugby captain, Simo Satiti. There is also high hopes in Tongan rugby circles that the Ikaletahi can make a first-ever quarter-final appearance. Former captain Inoke Afiaki played in three World Cups and says this year's team is the best prepared ever. The preparation during the Pacific Nations Games uh, against Fiji, Samoa and Japan, Canada, America was pretty good for all the teams. Even the losing ones, they, they all look ready to go to the Rugby World Cup. Um, so it's yeah, I would easily say that this is the best prepared Tongan team I've ever seen, um, and it, it bodes well. Uh, the, you know, the, the players are, are looking like all professional rugby players. They've all spent time in the gym getting their bodies right. They're playing a pattern of rugby that will work, and it's yeah, this this World Cup, uh, you know, they'll, they'll win and lose, but the, the level of competition amongst the Tongan games and, and its rivals will be pretty good. Consistently, I, I, I'll put my money on that. Don't have much money, by the way, but yeah, I'll put my for, for whatever I have on it. How different is the preparation, and, and what do you think the differences are between now and, and, and perhaps your time? I think your last World Cup was 07. Oh, massively, massively. We our preparation uh, was usually comprised of two to three weeks before the World Cup, ringing up players, even when we're you know training together to try to fill up fill up spots sorting out visas in the last minute and, and getting players over there, blowing the budget before we arrived there because everything was done late. That has changed the administrative side of the game and, and the islands have, have picked up a lot. Had a lot of help from uh, World Rugby, formerly IRB, and the gap that, that exists in professional rugby with those countries that are strapped with money and, and, and say the likes of Tonga is only going to get wider, but we can control a certain amount by, by having good people involved that come in with the right skill sets and gets that, the game off the field sorted, getting the players well prepared and, and walking into a tournament with two months plus of training together. One of your former teammates, Apelli Tayoni, of course, is the uh, chair and president of 
the Tonga Rugby Union, and I guess there's a few of your ex-international teammates that are still uh, even in the squad now, yeah. you know, eight years on. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you keep in touch with those oh, guys? Yeah. Facebook is beautiful. You know, you can pop a message across, wish them like, uh, you know, maybe even dare you know, put a few comments about what they could be improving on. You know, you don't want to be too doing too much of that. Um, you just dare to support the lads from, from afar. And it all gets underway, of course, this weekend. Uh, Georgia first up, I guess, Romania was an ideal yeah. preparation for that game. And then, obviously, yeah. New Zealand, Argentina, and Namibia are also in the pool. Uh, what do you make of the uh, challenge ahead of the Ikalitahi in the uh, pool stage? The boys are wise. They've just targeted one game at a time. And Georgia are no easy beats. Uh, I played my last four years in France. Uh, and, and in my team were, were quite a few of the Georgian national team. Uh, they're strong men. You know, they're, they're powerful. The scrum, the set pieces, uh, these guys are you know, from the old Russian bloc. They, they know how to lift heavy weights. They can push something. Your blacks will be a little bit nervous about the Georgian scrum. If they were looking at the weights that these guys were deadlifting in the gym, I think they would put our boys to shame. I don't know what's in their vitamin bottles, but they, they, they're, they're lifting some heavy weight, and that translates into power. Can't hide in the scrum if the other team is stronger. So that'll be a huge challenge. I'll just, you know, fingers crossed, we play well. If we play well, we should win. But if we have a bad day in the office, uh, I don't expect us to win. And that's the most crucial game for Tonga to have a good campaign. Uh, we're looking at two minimum wins. That'll give us a guaranteed spot for the next Rugby World Cup. Uh, three will be wonderful when we go to the quarterfinals. Argentina's in there, Namibia and the mighty All Blacks. There's no easy games. It's just a wonderful tournament. That is the former Tonga rugby captain, Noke Afiaki. The Commonwealth Youth Games in Samoa have been described as the warmest, friendliest event yet. Australia topped the medal count in Apia last week, while there was also success for Pacific nations, with Samoa, Fiji and Papua New Guinea all striking gold. The chief coordinator for the Youth Games, Vitulio Lui, says there were challenges, but he believes the athletes enjoyed the experience. As host, we found that we've done our job and helped them compete to the best of their abilities and, and had a good time. And these are very young people uh, developing their careers and, uh, and I think it's a stepping stone for them and that we provided us, uh, we, we feel happy. And The president of the Commonwealth Games Federation, I think, described it as the uh, friendliest games that's ever been held. What about challenges during the games? A lot of it was the small teaching problems, you know, with accommodation and because we cannot host everybody in hotels. We can't have a, a one village, so we converted two schools into accommodation. That provided a few issues to begin with, but then once the team settled down, they were happy with the services provided, the food, the transport. We've done everything that was possible to be done. The friendliness of the people, the liaison officers, everybody went out of their way to make them at home, feel at home and compete and kids being kids, they have the same interest. They enjoyed the stay, enjoyed the competition and that made us very happy as well. In regards to Sierra Leone, I know there are a couple of other countries that weren't able to get in for their own issues in terms of visa or cost. Is there a way that could have been handled better? They were also having difficulty getting transit visas themselves, but we thought letting them know well in advance of the difficulty and the concern for the safety of everyone. So that was done well ahead, so they weren't caught offhand, so to speak. Other countries, for a number of reasons, it was beyond anybody's control. Some of them were from the Caribbean and because of the devastating hurricane that hit them and just before departure. 
all in all, uh, 65 of the uh, 71 uh, countries were able to attend, and I think that's even bigger than the last game. What is the legacy of the Youth Games for Samoa as a country? For the first time, uh, we've had international class competition. This is the best from the Commonwealth world, and I think that inspired a lot of our youth going forward, that if youth from other developing countries and developed countries can excel to this level, it's also very much possible for them. So exposing the youth to this, having the facilities that world-class, it's up to the sport. It's a challenge to not only youth, but various sports organizations to use what's available so that Samoa's youth for the future have a lot going for them. And I think that's the legacy. That's the Chief Coordinator of the Commonwealth Youth Games, Vito Leo Louis. It's been a bittersweet ending to World Cricket League for Fiji and Vanuatu. Both teams recorded emphatic victories in the final round, but ultimately ended up short of their pre-tournament aim of promotion. Fiji thrashed Botswana by 133 runs to finish in fifth place out of seven teams. Meanwhile, Vanuatu beat Norway by 91 runs in a rain-affected playoff for third place. The president of Vanuatu cricket, Mark Stafford, was proud of the way his team responded following their semi-final defeat to Suriname. We played not as well as we could against Suriname, and but they, they were a better team on the day. We recognised that, but we certainly uh, didn't have the best of conditions there. But we uh, congratulate Suriname on their success. You had to obviously back up a day or so later against Norway there and finish the tournament well. And, you know, in difficult circumstances, it must be pleasing that you guys had such a comprehensive victory and ended on a strong note. The Vanuatu team, is, to me, is a, a group of uh, players who really play for their jumper. They play for their country, you know, play for their community. And uh, today it was just bringing it all together with a very, very positive attitude. And uh, you know, the results were on the board after 50 overs, 309 runs. Uh, we even had to play without our captain, Andrew Mansali, who was uh, ill with the flu. The team and all the players rose above that. So with the tournament over Cricket League 6, it's probably not till 2017 that the next one or so comes around. Uh, how do you sort of reflect on the tournament? As we said, obviously you're not promoted, but you're still very much uh, well entrenched in that Division 6 and you're in the same position I think you were last time. Um, do you feel this team is stronger than the one from last time and, 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 and what to from here? The Norwegian coach who saw us a couple of years ago, he felt that our entire cricket presence Skills, attitude, uh, capacity and performance probably uh, increased a good 50% in the last two years. We do take some great uh, good positives out of this uh, out of this program. And one, the captain's 28, uh, today's captain, John O'Dunn's 26, and uh, everyone else is, is less than 24, and uh, six are less than 21. A bright future for a team going forward. So how do you try and maintain this momentum? Because, um, you know, World Cricket League 6, there won't be another one for a little while yet, and I know in the Pacific region you're always searching for more matches. Um, Fiji, we're talking about trying to arrange uh, an extra sort of series with you know within the region with some of the teams to get more match play. Is there is there something coming up for the for the men's team for Vanuatu, or are you sort of hoping that something will come up? I hope that something comes up. Obviously, there's financial implications. We can't afford to be everywhere we'd like to be. We'd like to see a lot of our players get placement in good clubs uh, scenarios outside of Vanuatu uh, in our off season to help them build on their skills, build on their cricket knowledge, and uh, and, and and to uh, give them an opportunity to maybe earn a few bob. That's the president of Vanuatu Cricket, Mark Stafford, and that's the world in sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.